we're so glad you're joining us again for Around the Table, the podcast for Redemption Women from Tempe, Arizona. My name's Dina Rogers, and I'm here with two familiar voices. If you've been listening to our podcast this season, Lori Green is with me and Caitlin Anderson. So hello, and how are you guys today? Good, and happy to be around the table again with you. Yeah, it's a great day. So we are just finishing our season. Most of you, if you're listening, are close to the end of your journal, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. But we just celebrated together uh, um, as a group our last gather event, and it was with Holly Butler on listening prayer. And you guys, wasn't it just the best? Oh, it was such a good night. Such I loved a good night. it. I yeah, know. it was amazing. So, Caitlin, what was one of your favorite parts? I loved seeing Jesus in all the different ways that people saw him Mm. around the table. So Holly asked us to do, and you guys will get to hear this in a little bit, but just opportunities to sit and to meet with Jesus. And then when we shared around the table, you saw different aspects of Jesus in as who he was and how he met them. Mm. And it was amazing too, to see how much he knew them by the ways that he met them and how much the women were stirred. And I also loved just serving communion to the women that night. It was such a blessing just to be up there and to see all their faces and to see them taking the body and as a collection of women together. It was just such a blessing to me. Yeah, that's really cool. How about you, Larry? What was one of your favorite parts? Well, those were really good. I, I agree with Caitlin. It was amazing. Um, I, I, I also loved Holly's teaching. It was so impactful and I loved my meeting with Jesus um I loved when Holly said that sometimes she meets with beach Jesus which (laughs) with a man bun (laughs) so that was cute but also the music um Erin just put so much thought into the music that she selects for each of our gather events and this was no different it was just really worshipful and um, very impactful yeah Yeah. for sure created such a great a great setting for us to really be ready to hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Aaron has such a way to remind you that music is prayer. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, it was great. Well, um, I think, I think I loved sitting around the table with my ID group. Uh, We were an open group, Mm -hmm. but the way that we've been brought together as community this season has been so meaningful. I feel like we spend a lot of time preparing the journal and preparing all of the details that go into meeting as an ID group, but then to actually sit with women and connect because we all love Jesus together has been really deeply relational and meaningful. So it was really fun for me to sit with my ID group and just to hear their responses to Holly and to how prayer has changed them this season. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun. Well, Lori, can you kind of recap the evening for us? Yeah, I'd love to. So we had amazing food. Jessie Merkley, she's just, um, she uses her gifts and talents that she has to serve Redemption Women through food. Um, And so that was amazing. We had these gorgeous little pieces of art cookies from Karen Miller. Um, She owns Gold Bar Espresso here in Tempe, and she made these gorgeous flower cookies everybody was raving over. Um, of course, we said the worship from Aaron was amazing. And then we had the rich community around the tables that Dina mentioned. 
Um, Caitlin mentioned the communion. You can see it's all been very impactful to us. And of course, Holly's teaching. Um, she taught us about listening prayer and identity exchange, and you're going to get to hear about that. And then we had the opportunity to bless our sister, Caitlin, as she mm -hmm. takes a, a moment of Sabbath from Redemption Women, and we use those um, skills that we learned back in the journal about blessing people, and then Caitlin closed us in prayer. And it was such a blessing to be blessed by you women. I think I've read through the blessing, Lori, that you wrote for me like five or six times since then, and it has blessed me more and more every time I read through it, and it's just the words, exactly the words that I need to hear as I step into this season of rest. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I just feel like those were the words that God gave me, so they were, mm -hmm. they were from him, so mm -hmm. I'm glad. I think more than anything, that night reminded me of why God created his church the way he did, and that we're a body, and that when people use their gifts and come together to serve each other, it really builds the church. It really mm -hmm. builds us up in him, in our knowledge of him, and in our relationships with one another. Mm. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Holly before we play the excerpts from the Gather event. Holly and her husband Josh have been at our church since last summer. They came down from Portland, and Josh is one of the pastors here. And Holly is involved in the healing ministry. She's taught us so much about prayer. She's a spiritual director to students at Fuller Seminary, and she's also a mentor in identity exchange. And you're going to hear her talk a little bit more about um, identity exchange a little later in the podcast. One thing we want you guys to know is as you listen, that evening Holly gave us space to stop and listen. And we're going to have a little bit of a pause in the podcast, but not as long as we actually took. So if you get to that point in the podcast and you just want to press pause, please feel free to do that. It is so important to have just that quiet space to listen and hear Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Those times of quiet uh, at the gather event were some of the most special times I think any of us have had at a gather event. So I would encourage you to really press pause and take as much time as you need. We're going to end the podcast today with the closing prayer from gather event. Uh, but we'll be back around the table next week as we look at what's next. So we spent these nine weeks going through our journal, Lord, teach us to pray. What do we do now? How can we continue to grow in prayer? And we're also going to discuss some of the summer podcasts that we're going to have sprinkled throughout the summer. So we look forward to meeting you all again next time as we gather around the table, immerse ourselves in scripture, and disciple one another toward Jesus. We have been looking so forward to this evening. I love the church. I love how God has gifted and planted his spirit in each of us to do particular things in particular seasons to build the church. And um, for me, this, last, this season has been just so fun getting to know Holly. I think one of the fun things I love about Holly is she's so normal. And... I mean, I think of, when I think about people who hear God, I think about, I don't know what, I don't know what I imagined that was like, but the first time she came to my house and we were talking and she was just like, okay, so how do you hear Jesus? Okay, so let's just ask him. And she just expected me to hear. And I think my faith has grown in a dimension that I didn't, I didn't have eyes for.
until I started to talk to Holly. So I'm just so excited for you guys to hear her. If you've read um, the last chapter of your prayer journal, there's an interview, so you'll know some things about her. But just whatever you and the Holy Spirit want to do tonight, we're all ears. Okay, so let's pray so I can sort myself. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for this space and for what you're going to do in this room tonight. Yes, I expect you are here and you are showing up and you want to speak to us. And I am looking forward to hearing what you have to say to us. Amen. All right, so I really want to get into the actual practice that we're going to do of listening to God. So I don't want to talk about myself too much. Um, I, I feel like I am looking out and I recognize a lot of you. And some of us have even done this before. So that, it'll, be, it'll be fun to do it again. You might get something new. You might just get to hang out with Jesus tonight. Um, maybe I'll just share a couple of quick stories about my life as it pertains to hearing God. Um, I feel like I became a Christian later in life. I was 25, and I think right from the get-go, I experienced it as a somewhat of a normal thing. Um, I experienced uh, healing from panic attacks instantly. I had them daily for a long time, and when I decided to follow Jesus, they just went away, and I never had one again. I still had lots of other problems, but at least I didn't have that one anymore. Um, I, I heard God's voice through people who I interacted with who followed Jesus, um, people I worked with who followed Jesus. I felt like I heard God through them. I heard God speak to me in dreams, and I felt like I even heard God speak to me just, it felt like they were my thoughts, but it was, it was God. And I learned that really quickly, how to kind of distinguish that. Um, I'm, I feel extremely blessed because I didn't have any kind of training in this. I just was kind of winging it. And um, I started just writing these things down that I felt like God was showing me or what he was saying to me. And one thing early off, it was actually uh, the first time I stepped foot into the church I came from, Imago Day Community in Portland. I went into church and um, at the invitation of my sister-in-law, and I sat next down to Josh Butler, and I know, I know. <laughs> and he went up to the stage to make an announcement about something, and I felt like God was saying to me, you're going to marry that guy. And it's, it was very scary to me. Um, I had gotten out of a, well, part of the strength of finding Jesus was I was able to leave an incredibly terrible relationship that went on and on for five years and just went nowhere and it was awful. Um, I finally got myself out of that. So when I look back on this situation, um, I realized like God's care for me in that of speaking to me so strongly at the beginning so that I knew because I would have run away from that. I was actually kind of interested in becoming a nun and I just didn't know anything, so I went to our church membership meeting and was like, hey, how, how do I become a nun? And <laughs> I know, and the answer, the answer back to me was, we don't have a pathway for that. 
And it, I was really confused about that, but I, eventually I figured it all out. So, um, <laughs> I know. Um, actually, let me do, let's do a quick lesson on prophecy. Speaking of God telling me I'm going to marry this person, right? Um, what do you do with that? Do you go and tell the person? No. <laughs> Don't ever do that. <laughs> um, no, I, I wrote it in my journal, and I prayed about it a lot, a lot. And I told a couple of close friends, and they prayed with me, and that was it. And then um, just as things progressed, and I felt God's care for me, I was able to enter into a friendship with Josh, and eventually we got married, obviously. And then uh, after we got engaged, I told him, you know, the whole thing. And I, I just feel like that was the grace of God teaching me by his spirit, like, how to live in that, like, tension of like knowing these things that he was telling me because um, imagine how manipulative that can be like if you're on the receiving end of that like oh god says i'm going to marry you like that's so weird <laughs> um okay so maybe just i'm going to jump forward to a really recent experience so we're going to do two things tonight we're going to have a meeting with jesus like a visual meeting and and then we're going to talk a little bit about identity and hear some words of truth from God about ourselves, and we're going to get rid of some lies that we believe about ourselves. Um, visual meetings with Jesus are much more common than you might imagine and if you've never had one before um, we'll just try it out and see what happens tonight I've visual communication with God is not I would say it like a normal mode for me I'm more like I hear things like things I can write down, you know? Um, so I get really excited when I get the visual. Um, the, first, the first visual experience I had was, actually broke a lot of fear in my life. I think that's a story for another time, but it was really powerful and it, I went from one day being a fearful person to the next day, like really, it was, it was that much of a change to just being like, I'm so done with this and I'm not gonna live this way anymore. And then, um, the second one, I'll just tell you quickly. Um, I call him Beach Jesus, and he has he wears shorts, like beach shorts and a tank top, and he has a man bun. <laughs> I know it's so funny, and we just hang out on the beach. And when I, especially at night, if I'm restless and having trouble sleeping, I we Beach Jesus and I hang out, and I and then I can fall asleep. And then um, a couple weeks ago, I had. I just had this a really routine surgery um, on my uterus to take the lining out, you know, from all the, the lady problems. Um, and it was just a really simple surgery. It takes 15 minutes. So I was, I was under anesthesia for just a short amount of time. But I, ha I saw Jesus when I was having the surgery, and... Um, the, the weeks kind of following up to that, I was having a really big struggle with just being a woman in ministry. Um, I talked to a lot of women, and I am not talking about this church, okay? I love this church. I feel very supported in this church, but I talked to a lot of people in other states, um, other women around the city, and I just, I just hear a lot of stuff, and it makes me cry, and I feel really sad about it, and I was having just a really hard time with some of the things I'd been hearing, 
And, um, and I think it, it was even kind of starting to translate just into me personally. Like I was, I was taking that on and just kind of doubting myself and second guessing myself and feeling like I don't really belong sometimes. And um, yeah, so I was, <laughs> when I was under anesthesia, I, Jesus came to me on the Mount of Olives. And I knew it was the Mount of Olives because my, one of my best friends just got back from Jerusalem and she showed me a picture of it. So I knew what it looked like. And Jesus came over to me and he led me over to a circle where 12 men were sitting and I recognized them as the disciples and he gave me a seat there and he said, <laughs> he said, you belong here. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I heard the nurses waking me up and I heard them say, she's been smiling this whole time. And I, I remember waking up and I was so happy and I felt so happy. And I just started crying and they're like, are you okay? Because I was smiling and crying. <laughs> <laughs> and that has really, really stuck with me these past couple of weeks and has just really renewed my, I don't know, my purpose, I guess, in life. Um, okay, we need to get on to this. So, listening prayer. It, listening prayer is just simply getting quiet before God and asking him to speak to you. That's really, as, it's as simple as that. So for our first practice, um, we're going to sort of exercise this ability to see Jesus, to just hang out with him, to meet with him. And I love, um, I actually fell in love with the Bible through studying the message version, and since then, I just, I love exploring like other versions of the Bible. Some of the really, the old ones, like the Amplified Bible, um, I did this word study on the word behold, because I love that word. It's in some of the older translations. In the Amplified Bible, it's in there over a thousand times. It's like all over the place, and it's, it's when you see that word, it's like pay attention to this, like look at this thing, and in kind of like an awe, like reverent sort of way. And often it's like pointing the way to what Jesus is doing or what he's saying or, or, what, or just to look at him. Um, so I just love that. And, um, and then I, I was thinking about, like, keeping, you know, the, there are all these verses about keeping our eyes on Jesus. Psalm 16, 8 is one of my favorite ones. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And then Hebrews 12, 2 says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Well, how do we live without fear, and how do we run with perseverance? It says by fixing our eyes on Jesus. We can actually do that. It's, yeah, so let's do it. Um, I'm going to lead us through, it's, it's a very short, just like little prayer time that we're going to do. Um, and I'll lead you through each step of it. So go ahead and close your eyes. And I'll just have a moment of silence so we can kind of get quiet. So go ahead and picture a place. It could be a favorite place that you want to be. Um, God, I ask that you would bring up the place that you want to meet with each of these women. What is that place? And picture yourself in that place. And now picture Jesus in that place with you. And what is he doing? How is he coming towards you? 
Is he near you? Is he touching you? How is he looking at you? What is the expression on his face? All right, let's come back. Um, I do want us to take some time to share what you experienced at your table. But first, um, I just want to say a couple of things before we do that. Um, Don't change what you saw or what happened. Jesus is really strange sometimes and will show himself in some really interesting ways. I'll give you a few examples from the Bible. Um, Weird ways Jesus shows himself. Exodus 3.2, he's fire in a bush. In Judges 6.11, he is a person called the angel of the Lord. In John, he is described as the lamb. Again in John, as a light. In Revelation, he's described as having seven stars in one hand and sword coming out of his mouth. In Revelation, again, he's described as the Son of God with eyes like fire and feet like bronze. And again, in Revelation, he's described as a lion. And sometimes, if you've seen Daniel chapter 7, I think you guys studied Daniel probably just recently, um, we're so overwhelmed by his presence that we just fall at his feet, and it's an emotional experience. And we're so overwhelmed, we're not seeing anything, it's just feeling. Other ways he describes himself would be truth, life, bread, word, flesh, cornerstone, man of sorrows. I mean, it goes on and on. So let's just take um, five or ten minutes, share around the table. Let's do that and I'll come back. All right. Oh, sorry to bust this up. I know some of you guys are still talking. Um, um, Okay, so we're going to move on to identity, and this is one of my favorite topics. I have to give a shout-out to my friends and mentors, Donna and Jamie Winship. I've learned all of this from them, um, all this stuff on identity. I actually work for them now for their business called Identity Exchange. We're going to do our own Identity Exchange tonight. Um, And we're going to look at the story of Gideon to do that. So I'm just going to start reading and, you know, insert my commentary along the way. So I'm reading this from Judges 6. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because the power of Midian was so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help.
so here we see um, the Israelites are living in intense fear at the hands of the Midianites. Um, the next few verses, I'm just going to summarize. Basically, God sends a prophet to say, you didn't follow me, so, you know, these guys are coming to get you, and you've, you've forgotten all about me. Um, I'm going to pick back up in verse 11. Okay, so here we see the introduction of the angel of the Lord, which is the pre-incarnate Jesus. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Threshing wheat in a wine press. A wine press is a big hole in the ground. That's not a place for threshing wheat. It's um, Gideon's fear and trying to hide from the enemy. And, I mean, he's hiding out in a hole trying to survive and feed his family. Um, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So this is so funny to me because Gideon's hiding in a hole, threshing wheat in a wine press, and the angel of the Lord addresses him as mighty warrior. So here we see Gideon's identity, how God created him to be as mighty warrior. God speaks to our identity, not the lies that we believe about ourselves. Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So I love how the angel of the Lord addresses Gideon as mighty warrior, and his first response is, pardon me, my Lord. And he starts in with all the excuses. Um, and the Lord doesn't even acknowledge doesn't even acknowledge the excuses. He just keeps on talking. Nope. I'm sending you. And he says, pardon me, my Lord, again. And just goes on to describe, I'm the weakest, I'm the least. And the Lord just ignores him, basically. And is like, nope, you're going. So um, I'm going to pick up again. So the next few verses, Gideon asks for a sign that it's really the Lord talking to him. He prepares this offering of meat and broth and bread. And um, the Lord indulges him in this. It's, you know. He's asking Gideon to do a really scary thing. So he's like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm going to pick up again in verse 21. And here we see, Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. So here, Gideon has been having a face-to-face -face with who he thinks is a man, but who is pre-incarnate Jesus. And this person disappears. Yet, we see that Gideon keeps on talking to this person. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. Um, so then, 
there's this, the whole, you know, the story's long. I'm not going to read it all. Gideon, he starts gaining strength and bravery from God telling him who he is, and he's starting to believe it. So he goes down in the, in the middle of the night and cuts down these um, idols that his family has set up that his, his people are worshiping. He gets rid of those. People are angry about it. Um, but still, Gideon has this bravery, and he starts getting followers because the Spirit of God is on him now, and he's believing the things that God says about him are true, so people are starting to follow him. It's very attractive when you're following the Spirit. People want to follow you, not in like a Instagram follow way, but like, wow, this is like amazing. Like, this person is fearless, and they're listening to God, and like, I want in on that, right? Um, and then we see uh, God allows Gideon to overhear a dream in the enemy camp and the interpretation of the dream, and it just gives him the strength and courage. There's, there are like so many ways that God starts speaking to Gideon. So first it was that face-to-face -face encounter, then that disappears, and he keeps on having this conversation. How is he having that conversation? Well, internally, and then now through a dream. That's really interesting. Um, so, God is so generous to speak to us in all these different ways. It gives us courage and the ability to um, push against fear just as we live our life. So, I feel like most of what holds us back in life is fear and anxiety. That's pretty much it. So, I'm, what I love about what we're going to do is I feel like this is kind of a beginning point of chipping away at some of the fears and anxieties that hold us back, the lies that we believe about ourselves. So let's go ahead and get quiet again. Close your eyes, and I'll lead us through our next exercise. So go ahead and let the things come to mind, the things that are the lies that you believe about yourself. This is the easy part. This is not hard. You know what these things are. They could be things that a parent, a boss, a sibling, a spouse has spoken over you. So go ahead and gather those things up, those lies, and picture yourself handing them over to Jesus. And he is going to take those from you. Lord Jesus, show the women in this room how are you taking those lies from them and what are you doing with them? He wants to take those from you. He wants to get rid of those. Now, Lord, in place of those lies that you've taken, I ask that you would speak a word of truth that speaks to how it is that you see us, our identity and how you made us, our identity in Christ. What is that word that you want to speak over us? Okay. I am going to bring us back. That should have happened very quickly. Probably the first thing that popped into your mind. It may have been something that sounded too good to be true. That's Jesus. Um, first of all, I think it's okay if nothing happened, you feel like nothing happened, 
or you feel a maybe a little disappointed in what you heard, like it wasn't exciting enough. Um, the first time I did this, I was in a group with my leadership team back in Portland, and Jamie and Donna had come to my house, and we were, they were doing this with us, and um, my friend, one of my best friends, Leslie, she, we got to her, and she was like, I got, I have nothing. But this memory came into her mind, and she just, she got stuck on it. That was, it wouldn't go, and it was, it was stuck, and she was really upset about it. <laughs> so she went home and was just kind of like pissed off, and like, God, like, what is this memory all about? It was like some, some like little shaming incident from school in third grade. And over the next couple of days of wrestling with God about that, and like, why, why is that the thing that you brought to my mind? And she realized like there was this moment back in third grade in school that God wanted to heal this thing that had been affecting her and following her around her entire life. And he wanted to heal that in her first. So that happened between her and Jesus. And then um, she asked God, what, what's my word? What, do you, what word do you have for me? And he gave her the word peace. And she was like, that's boring. I don't like that. <laughs> I know. So when we, we, our group came back together the next time we're sharing these things, and um, one by one, those of us in our group spoke into Leslie's life about how she'd been a person of peace in each of our lives, my own life, our church community, her community at school. She's a teacher. There's my timer. Is that my timer? Oh, no, that was someone else's timer. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even just as I speak, like, I've been getting text messages from Leslie this week. Um, just doing, she's like being who God has created her to be as a person of peace. And she is in incredibly intense, difficult situations in the lives of her students. She's a public school teacher. She can go into any, like, the worst situations you could possibly imagine. And it doesn't frazzle her. It doesn't, like, she doesn't come undone or get stressed. She goes and she prays for people and brings the presence of Jesus. And this girl that, um, I don't know, I feel like it's confidential. I'm not going to share that. But it's incredible to watch her life as a person of peace. So I just want to encourage you to, um, if you're having those kind of feelings of doubt or disappointment, uh, about what you heard, to wrestle with God with it over the coming weeks. Ask him more, like, what does this mean, God? Like, what, what else do you want me to know about this? And you'll be surprised. He, love, he will love telling you more about it, and he will love sharing with you. So I'm going to let you guys discuss, and then I think we're going to be done. So, yeah, back to Aaron. All right, that's all I, that's all I have. Thank you. We just wanted to say, Caitlin thinks she's up here for something else. Um, she, about um, two <laughs> years ago, Caitlin stepped down from children's ministry. She had done it forever since this church was Praxis, and she thought she was going to have a break, and then God called her into this ministry. And she has led us and been uh, full of vision and 
has, I feel like, has discipled me. That whole thing about um, inner, what are the, what are, what, no, what's idea groups called again? Oh, intentional discipleship. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> that whole thing about intentional di- discipleship and how it happens, like, even if she's young and I'm old, my kids say to me, Mom, your kids, your friends are like the age of our older brother. <laughs> but anyways, Caitlin has been such a rock for us, and she is finally going to take a little bit of a Sabbath break. And we just wanted to thank her um, for how she has led this ministry and made it happen. Um, She's still going to be around and pray for us and stuff like that. But earlier in the season, we talked about um, writing blessings. And Lori wrote a blessing that we just want to pray with all of you and over you. And then we are going to still let you close in prayer. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I wrote this blessing. If you haven't written a blessing yet, you need to look up that week in the journal and listen to the podcast. And then you can do this too. So knowing Caitlin and knowing um, scripture that I I felt like God laid on my heart for her and um, authors that she likes, that's how I came up with this. So there's some scripture that I reference and some that's just sprinkled throughout. So here we go. You read, I'll put my hand on Okay. Dearest Caitlin, we join with the Apostle Paul in saying we give thanks to our God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. In every way, you have been enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Your earnest desire to know him, serve him, and honor him have made you a rich blessing to the women of redemption. May you now move forward to a new season of cultivating the four seeds God has entrusted to you. And may you work mightily as to the Lord and with the same vigor that you brought to Redemption Women for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Caitlin, I can't look at you. (laughs) May you daily draw from the generous resources from our loving Father of whom we say, We know that he can do all things and that no purpose of his can be thwarted. May you echo the words once again of the Apostle Paul in saying, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. One of our favorite authors, Ann Voskamp, said, The feeling of joy begins in the action of thanksgiving. Therefore, draw from the wisdom of Psalm 9 and say, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And from your Old Testament favorite, Job, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. You set out on this amazing journey in fall of 2017 with the study of Colossians. Now we bless you, dear sister, with the words from chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And as you complete for now your time with Redemption Women and the writing of the Hebrews Journal, we ask that the Lord equip you with everything good that you may do his will 
working in you that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You still want to pray? We want you to. Because I love prayer so much. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, I'm not a crier, and to make me cry on stage, that was just, I'm very blessed. So it did its work. <laughs> um, it is my privilege to close you guys in prayer tonight. <sighs> Sorry. Dear God, I am so overwhelmed by the, your spirit that was in this room tonight. Thank you so much for how you use us, Father. You have gifted Holly and Aaron specifically, and thank you for their faithfulness and walking in those gifts. We pray, God, may you reveal to the women in this room how you have specifically gifted them. May that word be a blanket that they carry around them throughout their whole life, Father. A blanket that reminds them, God, that you will always be with them, and you know them, and you made them purposefully, God, in the way that they are made, and you love them, God. You love them so much. I pray that they would leave this room knowing that, and that they would leave this room with a desire and a hunger to sit again and listen to hear you, God, because there was no greater joy than to get to meet with you. We uh, pray, God, that you would just bless these women as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>